All right, welcome to Your House, Our Rules, episode 41. 41, yeah. Unbelievable, man. 41 episodes. And That's we, incredible. And we got Brett in the house, man. Motivational. Nice to motivational man right here. So <laughs> it's, it's Bullish Project is your podcast, correct? Yes, sir. And what do you guys what do you guys talk about? What do you discuss? So it's mostly solo. I do have a few guests on every now and then, but it's uh, just everyday stuff. I take anything that I go through day to day. How do I stay motivated? How do I look at things? And most of that, we were just talking about it. I, I learned from Gary Vee and, and learned from Eric Thomas. Yeah. The mindset thing is, that's where it starts. It's yep. like waking up, being in a good mood, being optimistic about stuff. Otherwise, you know, your body physically can't follow unless the mind goes first. Yep. So that's what we talk about. And I love that you're taking it from your personal perspective. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think that really, because people can relate to that of what maybe they're going through based upon maybe what you're going through at that time. Exactly. You know what I mean? I and love, it's genuine. I, yes, exactly. Yeah, it comes yeah. from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so I saw uh, I saw Brett, who I've known for a while. I think uh, when we first met was, I don't remember what show it was, but it was some like Rhythm show in like 2018, 2019 or something like that. And uh, you've always been a little bit uh, in, in like the back back of the crowd type dude, but like I remember we always like hit it off a little bit because I remember one time I was talking about optic gaming, which we've covered on podcasts oh. and shit, and you knew what I was talking about, and like I saw that you were doing this podcast, and I was like, dude, I had no idea, and yeah. it was like 15 episodes in or something like that. And I was like, I was like, damn, let me check this out, bro. Send me uh, like an episode that you think is the best, and I was to, I was watching it, and I was like, I was astounded by his ability to be able to talk for an hour straight by himself yeah yeah, it's, yeah it gets tough sometimes like i have to keep the notes together but once i have a, a basic topic i can just start talking and talking and talking especially like i said it comes from me and my personal experience i can tell a story from my personal experience no problem so right and then keep it motivational and optimistic a lot of people look at me they're like i love how you look at things and when i was talking about social media on one of my episodes people were like i love how you look at that i never thought about social media like that because i don't hate social media i actually love it i think it's a great tool when it's used properly it's a bit of a gift and a curse type thing for sure for sure for sure there's a there's a lot of fuck shit that happens with it but it is definitely something that connects our our entire world of course so and i've noticed something about your podcast that you do and like you told me that you're like i'm not even really uh like pushing it all that much i want to get some content out out first and like I respect that that's definitely a good idea but uh, you also like have like clips of your podcast and stuff that you post on like Instagram for, for people to see and Correct. stuff and like that's a good way of uh, getting your name out there so I actually realized uh, I, I watch I'm into the gaming community a lot and I, I forget who I was watching that was uh, talking but they were talking about like the Twitch stream is probably the optic podcast but they're talking about like Twitch streamers and they said like the in order to get new content creators like front and forward word on Twitch they said that algorithm doesn't exist so you have to use like TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and stuff to get your name out there so people click on your stream and stuff yeah, like that it's tough so. unless they're specifically looking for it the organic algorithm like TikTok and Instagram reels and stuff like that that's where you get your views and followers mm-hmm. and stuff and then they'll check you out on other platforms but I love doing the clips because then you're giving them a little bit and then they're like okay I want more of it Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. You're kind of feeding them a little bit and then they just want the whole the whole meal. 
Right, exactly. Right. And that that's a tough balance to find because, uh, like, I find that when I'm, like, the song that we released recently, uh, Charlie and the Trap and Factory, uh, Me and Smiles, I was trying to figure out how to, like, post a clip, and I was like, you know what, do I bring it and, like, show them some of the drop, or do I just bring it right up to the drop as, like, a super tease, or do I just show somewhere right in the middle and something like that? Like, it gets it gets a little bit complicated when you're trying to plan out exactly how you want to see it. Um, and I know, like, I've tried to do clips with Your House, Our Rules, and I definitely have posted some, but I, I think a lot of this stuff, it gets a little bit too long-winded. Uh, so like you end up having like a minute and a half episode and like uh, or minute and a half like uh, video or whatever and like one thing that Vine did so well was the fact that it was only seven second videos and like that's like th th they had like mathematics that they did that was like their attention span only lasts for like seven seconds on one thing and that's what like really gets you in so that's why they did like the seven seconds so you want to do something that has an impact in a short amount of time to get people to click on exactly that, you know? yeah and when I do the podcast it is strictly for what that person is going to get out of it instead of the other way around and I've been trying to really think about that first because I'm not trying to get people to buy something from me. I'm not trying to get them to give me their money somehow. What can I give that person who's trying to listen and watch? That's what. Sorry to steal this from, from you, Billy, and sorry to cut you, but you're giving them something of value. Exactly. Huh? That's where and it starts. That's where it starts because then you'll have their attention span from that point forward, hopefully, and they'll continue to follow you yeah. because you're giving them something of value. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. for free, especially. Yeah. Exactly. And like, if you, if you look at like some interviews or like YouTube videos of like some famous people, they, they talk about that, how like, it's more important to just want to do it as like a passion and entertain people than to make money off of it. Exactly. Like you, you look at any of them and it might just be because they're saying it because it's better for the fans or whatever. But like, Genuinely, like when I'm out there and I'm trying to like plug myself, I don't feel as good about it. I feel like I'm like pushing something on someone that they don't necessarily need. It feels a whole lot more natural and a whole lot more genuine when you're just kind of doing it to to do it. Just to like, I have music that I want to release. I have a podcast I want to release, so I'm going to release it. And when people see what I'm doing, it's just a way more genuine thing that you get with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're not worried about just the number or the sale. And and you worry about what they're trying to get out of it, and, and it yeah. just comes naturally. You post it, you don't feel bad, right. like you just said. Yeah, just roll. And it. actually, we we covered this story uh, a, a couple episodes ago. It's been a while, but uh, there was this old like fitness YouTuber. Uh, his name was Connor Connor Murphy, and like he used to do videos where like he would go and you know like do like the street interviews, like find random people or whatever. And he'd like have this big ass alpaca jacket on or whatever, and he'd have like a red shirt popping on. And he'd be like, "Can you guess what color my shirt is?" And he'd go up to a pretty chick or whatever, and they'd be like, "Oh, it's red. Obviously, I can see it." And then he'd just rip his shirt off and fucking do that. He blew up because he had a fucking amazing physique. But he always said in his YouTube videos, he's like, "I never wanted to do it for like the entertainment or because like working out was my thing." He's like, "I wanted to do it because I had an amazing physique and I wanted to make money." And he ended up going on this ayahuasca trip and uh, he, he tripped on ayahuasca. He came back and was never the same. Like if you look at his videos that he's posting now, it's super, super just like trippy, like can't understand what he's doing. He's lost all kinds of weight, all of his muscles and stuff like that. And like that just kind of goes to show you that the ones that are in it for the wrong reasons aren't necessarily doing what they need to do to last in the industry. Yeah, it definitely doesn't last when you're, you're doing it for money. It definitely doesn't last. They say money doesn't buy happiness. It's literally a root saying, you know, and it's so true 
true because when you get to a point where the money isn't the motivation anymore, then you stop mm-hmm. and that's it. You're, you don't have any other reason to keep going. Right. But then typically the money comes because that's not your motivation. Your motivation is because you have a passion and you have a want to do something like yeah. that. You know, it's, it's the right thing. You know what I mean? It's, you know, in, mm-hmm. in your heart that like, that's what you're going after. The money will come. Exactly. You know what I mean? The money will come. All the accolades come. Absolutely. Everything comes. The cars, the girls, whatever you're chasing, exactly. it comes. But if you have a dream and you're doing it because you're passionate, yep. that's all you got to focus yep. on. Because everything else will accumulate itself. Yes, yep. for sure. Exactly. For sure. For sure. And then we got Keith Spilly. The Spills. What about the Spills? Keith? Huh? What about Keith? You're the your house our rules, bro. I am your house our rules. Man, the they, they all know about me. They know what they know what's going on. Why don't Why don't we get into our first topic today? Uh, so there's some some big things happened today. Uh, Friday, what is it? June twenty fourth. Um, I don't want to get into it too much because at the end of the day, well. Roe v. Wade got overturned today, and it's something that I already have covered when they leaked that the Supreme Court was going to rule this this way, and so there has already been that coverage. I plan on doing something next week when I'm in Atlanta with my buddy Dalton and his girlfriend, but like, it's not something that three white males can necessarily talk about. Like, We can get into it a little bit, but... I don't know. Let me just get kind of get like a broad aspect of what you guys think about the entire situation. Um, I think I'd like to kick it off with Michael first. Well, I want to know why I didn't get an invite to Atlanta. I want to go to Atlanta. Yeah, hell yeah. What are you doing down there? Uh, I'm going down to visit my buddy. Oh, let's do it. I've never been to Atlanta either. I have once. I'm getting a flight on Wednesday if you want to go. I have once. It was with an old girlfriend of mine. All I did was watch her dog in a hotel room the entire time while she was working. The entire time. It was terrible. (laughs) How many many days was that? Uh, It was like a three-day or four-day trip. Oh, Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. One of those little snapper dogs, man. Well, we definitely won't do that. Um, yeah. Quick thing on Atlanta, I just want to say one time I went to a Bass Nectar concert, and I think it was 2018 or 2017 for New Year's, and it was in Atlanta in this convention center. It was the biggest convention center I have ever been in in my entire life. Like we walked in the front door and we walked for 15 minutes, no crowd or anything, before we finally reached where he was playing. That's it was it was absolutely crazy, but. Mike, what, how are you feeling about this Roe v. Wade situation? Well, okay. So when it's, it's basically it's going back to the states now, right? Correct for the for the ruling as to uh, you know whether you can actually move forward with doing an, an abortion. Like what? I understand the Roe v. Wade thing, and it's going back to the states. But isn't that the like the way the Constitution was written originally? So what they determined was that the Supreme Court excuse me, ruled that they are not, there's nothing about abortions like that they can constitutionally rule in the constitution. So because of that, they were not able to really rule on it as a, as the Supreme court and they ended up reverting it and getting rid of it. So now everything is on the state level and it's up to the state to determine what you're allowed to do. Now, a lot of people are talking about, you know, like rape and incest and uh, like, like unwanted pregnancies and stuff like that. I think there's 11 states that are really like uh, not allowing abortion and out of that five of them are that are like if you get pregnant you have to have that baby so there's not many that uh, really don't have some sort of uh, like backup to, to to do some things about it but a lot of people are just freaking out because you know it's a huge fucking like human rights and fucking 
it's just an issue. Like, it's it's not changing all that much. Uh, if you want to get an abortion, you live in, say, Ohio, and you Ohio says that you can't get an abortion, Illinois allows them. So you can go four hours over to Illinois and fucking figure that out and stuff like that. So, okay. yeah. So, like, and I understand that. I think a lot more stuff should be more uh, state-mandated than federalized. You know what I mean? Honestly, I really do. Because, I mean, that's... It should be specific to the state, in my opinion. Uh, for uh, and I'm not even just saying that. I mean, a, a lot of other things that are federally mandated, I think, literally should be more state uh, mandated and, and let the states figure it out because it's specific to that state. It's the people that live in that state. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, not it's always demographic. They don't always have the same. Yeah, they don't always have the same uh, opinions or mindsets as the people that control things from a federal level. You know, sure. Yeah. So one thing that I'm kind of thinking about the entire situation, I'm looking at it and like I kind of have I think it's a little bit more of a libertarian thing that they want a little bit more of like a localized government or whatever. I have been that way for a while. And the my rationality behind it is like I know a lot of people in like the Nashville, Tennessee area and I'm up here in Cincinnati. That's only like three, four hundred miles away, and the people up here compared to down there are vastly different. So I think that when it comes down to it, having a state governance for stuff like this is is better for the people that live in that localized area. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, shoot, even people just south of us in Kentucky are, are different. Now, those are my people, obviously. Okay, <laughs> big Kentucky basketball fan. You can see that in tattoo I have. Uh, but I mean, yeah, absolutely, because it's they're governing the people that are in that state, the people that are in their community that are specific to the areas of which they're governing. And I think that should be where a lot of things are decided, to yeah. be honest with you. So that would be my take on that, honestly. Other than the Constitution, was there any other reason why they overturned it? Like, just because it's not in the Constitution? Like, do we ever get down to that reason at all? Well, they ruled that they couldn't really find anything that that pertains to the subject in the Constitution. There's a lot of people on right now, and I have been having a field day on social media right now. <laughs> I've I, seen it. Yeah, personally. I'm I'm inciting some shit uh, on on social media because I will take either side benefits me at that moment in time and play devil's advocate. That's just that's just the way I am. A lot of people are blaming religion, and one thing that I don't necessarily agree with is just like uh, automatically pointing fucking fingers at religion. Yes, fundamentalist religious people are against uh, abortion. I talked about this on uh, the episode that me and Bailey did. Um, I was raised in a society or in a family where, like, if you are pro-abortion, like, fuck you. Like, they'll, they'll literally, like, not disown you type shit, but, like, you're black sheeped for thinking that abortion is okay. Because it's all, like, a whole, whole killing the babies type, type situation. But I'm starting to get a little bit out of that and, and realize exactly the benefits that have happened to it. And, like... I just don't know, man. It's such a it's such a sticky situation. Like people want to rule what people can do to their own fucking bodies, which I don't think is right. And at the same time, like, how do we really define life in order to be able to figure out if we can like if this is taking a life or not? Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I totally get it. And then I've seen a lot of arguments with uh, a lot of the gun laws and stuff that come around lately. Um, and the shootings, especially, which 
yeah. obviously people are seeing this with the, the Roe v. Wade stuff and they're like, well, yeah, obviously America cares more about guns than they do women's rights. And I think a lot of people from what I've seen just think that it's a step back, like a major step back for women's rights, which is, I do see that. Like, I, think I do it see it be, too. I think it should be a choice it, it's, personally, but I, I, I see both sides. It's tough. Like you said, it's very sticky. Yeah, it's a massive uh, situation for the entire country and just having it federally uh, overturned and putting it to the states, like it, it is a statement. Mm -hmm. um, now, when people are talking about like, you know, this is religion and stuff like that, a lot of the people who are religious are against it, but they're not necessarily at a level where they can like dictate what goes on in the government. The, the Supreme Court's the ones that fucking did this shit. Now, I know that there's a lot of fucking backroom lobbying and like there's probably some heads of churches that are in there and stuff like that. But to me, this is a situation where it's pretty blatantly the right trying to get a rise out of the left so that they can take over office this election. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of those uh, like backhanded motivation type whatever the overturn decision is on the surface there's a lot of ulterior motives i'm sure oh, i'm sure there is too yeah. the biggest thing i think though is like there are so many things that are stemmed from the constitution that people nowadays i think are i think the world has changed a lot okay and uh, like i've always i've been i'm a pro-life like i've always been pro-life i've raised pro-life i've always been pro-life i mean there are situations that are very unfortunate for for women and, and what they're placed in, you know, in certain situations that, you know, it, they, it was an unplanned, you know, pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. but I, I try and look at things and I can't speak for them, obviously, because I, you know, I, I'm not in that, in their shoes, right? But I try and think things in a positive manner. Like there are other people out there, women that can't have, that can't have kids, mm -hmm. you know? So maybe if you're able to give life to somebody else and another family, even if it's not something you were planning on raising yourself, if somebody else could have that opportunity, you're, you're ultimately helping. You're doing something good for somebody else if you do have that child. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. try and look at it from a positive perspective. Yeah. You know, because I, I try and think of the good out of any situation. Me too. You know? And, and I feel like that... It's that that's a better way to live you know what i mean like i instead of being so harsh and and just like i, I like the positive out of something negative that happens you know yeah, what i'm saying for yeah. sure so i i'm a little bit of a, a difference in that uh, i i don't necessarily look for the positive things a, a lot of people think that i'm uh, like a pessimist and i look towards like the negatives and everything but in reality i think that a lot of things are, are just i'm being a realist and i think that a lot of the world is really trying to there was a quote that you had in your uh in your podcast that i was like well i don't agree with that at all where you said <laughs> life is fair i think life is completely unfair and uh, one thing I've, I've beaten this dead horse multiple times on my podcast, but like I am pro-choice, but pro-choice doesn't mean pro-abortion. I think the pro-choice, like if I want to murder someone, I think that I have that right to do that. I think I, that I have the right to do that, but by the eyes of the law, if I do that and I get caught, then I'm going to be reprimanded for that situation. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's it, it's something that that's sticky. There's so many different things going on with it, and you know, uh, it, 
I made a, a tweet today that had a little bit of like realism to it, but it was mostly like put out as a joke, like a lot of the shit that I did. I said, uh, having uh, Roe v. Wade get overturned on uh, Pride weekend, coincidence? I think not. <laughs> nah, nah. So, I mean, there there might be some shit. I hope that shit doesn't get violent. I, I really don't. I, I hope that people can like look at this and realize that they're, they're still is going to be states and opportunities to fucking get what you want and it's just going to be on a state level and i hope that people understand that because i see a lot of people just freaking out over not, not nothing because there is that representation that we have but there i think people need to take a deeper look into it yeah, and yeah for sure for sure and see like I, I look at it from this perspective too like i i try to pay attention to what i can control exactly you know what I mean? And, it, it, you know, again, I have my opinion and I should be able to, to you know, express that, you know, it, with people understanding it, taking it. And they can either say I agree with something or I disagree with something or whatever. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I, I can't control anything but what I do. You know what I mean? And so it's like I, I keep thinking about that and kind of revert back to that. Like I got to put forth the effort for what it is that I can control because ultimately at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And that that's the thing that I was talking about before. Um, you know, people think that the government dictates what you do or what you're allowed to do. And they, they technically do. But at the end of the day, you're allowed to do what you want. You can't be fucking convicted for a crime that you haven't committed yet. And if you want to do something that is illegal, you can do that. And if you don't get caught, who knows any, any difference? But I do see the point that a lot of women have that now that it, it, some states it won't be illegal, you might have to do this like back alley fucking dumpster baby type abortions and stuff like that, and that's dangerous, and it, it is. is. And I do feel I do feel for women like that. And I'm, as all this shit is going on, my my stance on the situation is just morphing, and uh, we'll we'll have to see how it plays out and how people act about it before we really get into it, or before I really have like a new opinion on it. But just a lot. Well, it's like at the end of the day, like I, I, I think someone should have the right to be able to choose their own decision. But I also, I'm not the person that ultimately is going to judge them at the at the end of their time. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not. That's yeah. It's not your call. It's so, not my call. Yeah. You know, let them make that decision. It's not my call, and I can't control what it is that they do. And that's kind of what you know. Like I said, I kind of put that into perspective. In a sense, it's like you know, from a like politically. Uh, government was put in place like you were just talking about you know they're they're not doing they're not telling you what you have to do or whatever they, it was put in place to be able to give opportunities to people to Guidelines. succeed to succeed yes with rule and law to govern those you know those successes and those opportunities you know for people that's what it should be you know run it like a business make sure the people that are voting for you are is successful in every way shape or form but at the end of the day you yourself have to look in a meter, mirror and say, do I want to be successful or am I going to put myself in a position to fail? Yeah. You know what I mean? So in a sense, I am a realist in, in that way, in a sense, like you got to put forth the effort. You got to hold yourself accountable for the actions and the stuff that you do. Exactly. Because no, it doesn't matter who's president, who's vice, who's this, who's that, you know, governor of your state or mayor of your freaking town. It doesn't matter. You are the president of you. Exactly. And, and it, that, going back to that life is fair thing that you said, I can't remember. I agree exact, with that, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Oh, really? I can't, I, I can't remember the exact circumstances of what I was talking about, 
I you feel said, like, and I quote, "I think that life is fair." And, and I, I well, before there and was after, more to it. it yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know exactly the circumstances, but if I had to guess, it was probably referring to in terms of what you put in is what you get out of it. Now, obviously, there are circumstances where things happen to you that you can't control, like what you just yeah. said. You can always control your reaction to it, but not what happens to you. And your reaction to it is where the fair part comes in because you can always put more in if you need to and you'll get the same out of it. That's training your brain, though. You know what I mean? Exactly. To take something in, in a negative and turning it into a positive by training how you react to that situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it took me years to do that. Years of watching. Some people yeah. haven't even ever accomplished that. Mm -hmm. But it took they're, me years. Yeah. It's literally a rewire because yeah. the way your brain works, yep. you automatically go to one different mindset based what, on that. It's what you're used to. Mm -hmm. It's what you're used and, to. Yeah, Complacency to is, is the worst tough. thing. Well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's the thing that I kind of peg on that whole situation is that we are a product of our environment. And a lot of people did not grow up in the same environment that we had the privilege of growing up of in. Of course. And like we could we could bring that to a whole race level. We're all white males and stuff like that. But like if you are a, a dark complected person in this country, you don't have the same opportunities that we have. And like when you don't have those opportunities, you got to do what you need to do to survive. And when it really hits you, you realize that a lot of this shit isn't fair. Like we're talking about people or uh, like the interest rates that you're talking about at a house is going up and stuff like that. Like taxation, I know like it, it's a thing, but at the end of the day, it is in a theft. Like we get taxed on the money we earn. We get taxed on the property we own. Even if we have fully bought that house, like, yeah. When you yeah. earn it, when you spend it, when you give it to somebody else who's going to spend it themselves, you have to be taxed like eight different times. Yeah. Right. And then you can even get down to like a more of a theoretical type of thing. Like life, like asteroid could hit this fucking world tomorrow and fucking decimate the entire humankind. Is that fair? No. It, it is fair. No. Yeah. But we live in that fucking thin line between fucking <laughs> life and death. <laughs> it is fair. I love it. it is fair. We, dude, if that happens, I'm, I'm fucking telling the aliens to go to your house. I'm giving them your address. Be like, this guy called us. Okay, this guy called us. I will answer for this world's fucking problems any day. Speaking of problems, let's get into this EF uh, fucking electric forest, oh the, the water that God. we ha have out there. So I, do you want to kind of introduce this one? This was what your topic. Yeah, so... so you know, social media, things get out pretty fast. Um, this one seems pretty legit because there's photo evidence. I saw on Facebook, it was posted to a group that I'm in for uh, Electric Forest, some sort of post, which is a festival. So when you go to a festival, you're kind of living the, the camp life with minimal stuff. You just get whatever you need for the few days you're there and then you mm -hmm. pack up and leave. Um, and, and this picture, went around it, it was a picture of a 24 pack of water that was all they're all stacked up there's obviously a bunch of them there with a paper sign that says stay hydrated happy forest whatever you know other slogan or whatever was on there mm -hmm. and then it said sixty dollars for a case of water for and i'm a, just like for a 12 wow. pack of 12 ounce waters 24 it was 24 pack Oh, was it 24 it pack? Was 24. Still, that's yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. What it doesn't can you matter. Get, you can get that at Walmart you can get a for like what? 2400 pack. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Or maybe not. For you can get like a 24 pack of that same water at Walmart for like under $10 probably. At least, well, it's probably like 5 or 6 bucks and even at that rate, it's like 11 or 1000% markup, which right. is price gouging. It literally just call it what it is, price gouging. Can you bring your own water to this? Yes. You can. Well, there's you can. your there's your that is the solution. Well, your solution. But well, the problem is 
the festival has restrictions when you get into the festival. You can't take water bottles generally yeah. filled or not filled. So um, you can't bring uh, unopened water bottles in. Like you can't bring unopened cigarettes because people like lace them with LSD yeah, and yeah. fucking do all that type of stuff. And that that's one of the big issues that people have with the $60 is like, they, they know that people are just strung out on all kinds of uppers and shit in there and they need fucking clean water. Now, this has been confirmed as you were talking about before. Uh, I saw the post, the same one that you sent me on, excuse me, uh, Festival Owl. Yeah. And Festival Owl is like when it comes to like festival news and stuff like that, they are the creme de la creme of, of festival news. They they have all the information right and they all they're they're good. They're on the fucking ball. Yeah. But uh I was looking at the comment sections and there were people that I actually knew from like Tennessee and stuff, my, my crew down there and some of the people that I know in like the Cincy scene around here. They're like, yeah, they're like, it's not a huge deal that they're price gouging that way because you can bring it in. But like when you get into the center grounds, there's these refill stations where they're like spigots where you can fill up your water bottle or whatever. And apparently they're not circulating correctly. And you can like smell and taste the sulfur that is in the water from those fill up stations. Yeah. So they don't, ridiculous. they don't actually have clean water uh, like there. I think some of the stations do, but when you're talking about tens of thousands of people coming to a music festival and like two or three of them aren't working correctly, it's an issue it is because yeah. those made those fill-up stations have like 10 20 spots for people to line up and fill their water and if that's contaminated mom you just shut that down and then you got what two three other major stations in the whole festival that now those same 300 people that have to migrate over and then it just clogs it up a little more mm -hmm. not only that back to you know how you can't just take in your own water you have to go into the festival if you're if you're carrying a hydration pack you have to go into the festival with it empty so now you're relying on the festival to provide you uh, with clean water inside or so you have to buy it which is like you know five six dollars supply and demand exactly <laughs> that's all it is it supply and demand because yeah. everybody's gonna need it they so have they, what you need and they know it so they're exactly. able to, to charge a price it's, yeah. it's bullshit it is it and is i think bullshit. the line like where well, do you draw the line because is, I do want to give EF a want or need like where do you draw the line? I do want to give EF a little bit of credit on this one because it's like the top electronic music festival and they've been doing it for years. So they might have ran into some barriers that they're they're not necessarily able to work around, but it is a fucked up situation that they it have. It is. There. But like sure. he said before, you can bring water into the thing. You can't necessarily bring it into the fairgrounds, but you can walk out the exit and fucking go refill or go drink some water out, out by your camp or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But what what barriers would they run into to have to charge $60 for a 24-pack of water? Yeah. As a major festival at that. Like, major festivals have to get all these different vendors and all these, and they have contracts and they have access to better pricing generally Correct. so like yeah, how are a, they it's supposed a bulk situation yeah yes. because when you go to a walmart or a kroger and you're you're paying consumer prices for water and, and you're paying what five six buck whatever it mm -hmm. is for 24 that's consumer prices you're talking wholesale and maybe even special contract prices which is cut you know not in half but it's it's less it, yeah. it's like so 25 30 percent like less two Correct. three dollars exactly for a 24 pack that they're paying per and they got hundreds of them now that they're charging sixty dollars for well well here is crazy hear me out did electric forest happen last year uh no and did no, not happen didn't. the year before it didn't happen the year before that year before. so when you have this massive music festival that costs fucking millions of dollars to put on and you're having tens of thousands of people there and you've been doing this every year and then all of a sudden covid hits and there's two years that you don't do that 
there's going to be like some price cuts and things that they have to do to be in order to make money because they tried to put on that festival for two years of and course. they couldn't do it. They couldn't. Yeah. That's a huge loss. Huge blow. But not only that, do you really think that their water is their main source of income? Like, I mean, like I said, want or need, water's kind of a need. You don't have to buy that particular pack of water necessarily, but at the end of the day, water, no matter where you get it, is a need. And that necessarily, $60, they could have probably lowered that price a little bit. I mean, you're in a festival, there is supply right. and demand, but you could lower that and maybe charge extra on some other things. Everybody knows they're going to be paying twice as much probably for food at a festival. But for water, it's, when it's kind of like a need, that's yeah. that's where I kind of draw the water. Well, I was going to say, that's where a lot, like if you go to a movie theater and you go to the movies, the ticket itself for the movie, that's not where they make their money. Where no, do you think they the make pop, their money? It's the popcorn and fucking drinks. Yeah. I'm sure it's potentially similar for a situation like that. Okay. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, going back to what you just said, Spilly, it's like, you're like, yeah, they haven't had it the last couple of years, but like that's they're trying to get you know recoup some of those funds that maybe they missed out on for the last you know yeah, two three years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's also kind of what we're going through right now as a country and having to pay crazy prices for a lot of things is to recoup the funds of which they've had to pay out for uh, you know people who couldn't work during COVID and situations like that. That's we're paying now paying that back and seeing that. Is a you know that's you know same same situation basically yeah and it's just in a, a different venue with the festival yeah correct which yes, event, festivals sure. are businesses just like any absolutely venues. they've got to make money and now they're trying to get some as much money out of out of what they can put put together exactly yeah. yeah and I mean it's something that definitely is a little bit too extreme I will admit that it does like, sound a so little extreme someone was telling me they're like they could have charged forty dollars and still made seventy five percent profit off of that yeah. shit and like yeah and what like we said water is something that is an absolute necessity and most fucking like I remember going to Lost Lands my first year and if you go to the rail that runs up to the sound booth or whatever there's people who are just like you know sitting there so you don't jump over and fuck up the wires that are running to the stage or anything mm-hmm. like that there's security guards all the way down it but they have like coolers with bottle bottled water and they will literally open it up and dump it in in your mouth or fucking put it all over you so that you can cool down a little bit like that that's that's what we like to see with music festivals that's the energy that you get with music festivals so yeah ef is really doing some fuck shit with the, these prices for those water bottles. for sure but are you gonna pay the price are you gonna pay it if, if you if go, you need am it. I? Yeah, if you if you go, are you gonna pay it? Hell no. Okay, sixty dollars, no way. Oh, bro, I will steal that water away. <laughs> see, that's what most people were saying. It was like, well, time to just form a mob and steal it all. But see, you say that now, but I bet in you know situations where you might have to have it or feel like you need it and don't have it and and have to pay for it, people are gonna wind up paying for it for sure. So yeah. ultimately, they're gonna get exactly what they want out of this situation, which is yeah, a no lot of money. What, which Correct. is the money for like, sure. Sixty dollars. And then a day later when they're out of their own water yep. because they didn't bring enough. Exactly. There you yeah. Go. Supply and demand. <laughs> you also need to understand one thing about me is I'm a complete animal, especially at music festivals, man. Like, I, 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 you have to stay hydrated for sure. And as I'm getting older, we have to do it. But I've done some really dumb shit at music festivals, just not fucking staying hydrated, not eating and fucking all that bullshit. So I wouldn't know what you're like at a concert since you uh, pushed out on Slipknot. Yeah, my, my, my leg was fucked up, so I'm sorry. I really do wish I was at that fucking show. Really. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it's it up. It's tough to miss, too. Slipknot. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. I had to throw it in there. I did. H- had to.
Just had to. I've been waiting all night to be able to say that, really. For this moment. For this moment. Delayed gratification. Exactly. And I was hoping it was for the right moment. It was just, it was laid out. Per- it was laid out perfectly. Yeah. Speaking of laid out perfectly, uh, we're going to do a really shitty Your House, Our Rules uh, segue here. Uh, let's talk about some of these interest rates uh, that you had wanted to bring up. Of course, you're a realtor. And from what I've heard, it's kind of even evening out. Uh, the housing market and a lot of people are thinking that it's going to crash here soon they would be incorrect saying it's going to crash uh in my opinion of what i've been told now if it happens and i'm wrong i'll admit it you know whenever the next you know whenever we do a podcast if that happens i'll admit that i was wrong but from what i've been told and, and you know from a lot of people that have their ear to the pulse okay uh, the interest rate jump, it's going to probably continue to go a little bit higher, maybe into the sevens. Um, but all that's doing is preventing people from being able to purchase a house up to 200. Maybe they were pre-approved originally for 200,000 when rates were in the you know fours, maybe fives. And now they're probably in like the 150, 175 range. Okay. It's probably going to, uh, it's going to have an impact on some people that are going to be like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to wait. Okay, and I'm gonna just like you know wait a year or two years and buy and maybe just rent for a little while. Problem with that is we don't see a dip or a drop in home values, and probably won't here for a little while. Okay, we're they're projecting that home values are still gonna go up by like five or or six percent next year. Okay, so people are still gonna be going up against other other individuals in multiple offer situations and stuff like that. So. If if I'm giving advice to somebody, like I would still look to buy now, and when interest rates do go down, whether it's a year or two years from now, you can always refinance. Yeah, and the thing that uh, I kind of want to interject here with was uh, you helped me get my house, and one of the reasons why I found it viable to buy the house that I have was because I got a 3.25 interest rate on it. And like that definitely helps a lot. And you're saying that now it's not going to affect me because I already have that interest rate and I've already bought the house. But as things are going on, it's getting higher and higher. And that interest rate being double of what I have, that adds up. It's going to affect values a little bit, in my opinion, where you might not see sellers get as much. So instead of like a 10 or 15 percent hike in values next year. You know what I mean? Like what we've had almost like year over year for the last three or four years. Okay. You're only going to get like maybe a, a f- four or five percent, six percent hike in in prices next year, in my opinion, because it's going to slow that down. But there's so it, our market is controlled. And I keep telling people this. Our market is controlled by supply and demand. And those who think it's going to crash. Mm-hmm. All right. They continue to revert back to 08, 09, 10, 11, all that. What happened back then was the five-year adjustable rate mortgages for people who had 500 credit and mm-hmm. a, a, a pulse to be able to buy a house, okay, who shouldn't have been able to buy a house, okay, um, those became due and then their rate ballooned up and they couldn't afford it anymore, all right? They gave 100% no stated income, right? We wouldn't verify your, we don't have to verify your income to buy a property. Can you imagine that? If they didn't verify that you actually could afford to buy a house, well, that's what they did back then. And then a couple years later, in 08 and 09, things collapsed because those people couldn't afford it ultimately. The people that are winning bids on houses now are those who are putting 20, 25% down or paying cash. 
So they have instant equity into their properties. So there's not going to be a crash. The only crash that they might see, you know, indirectly will be values maybe coming down a little bit, but it's all supply and demand. Okay. So like Brett, you said you live in like an apartment type situation, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah where you rent. What advice would you have to Brett if he was looking to buy a house here uh, in the next couple of Yeah. Cause I'll, like I'll give you my answer first. I was looking to wait, but I was thinking it was going to be, I was one of those guys you just referred to. I was thinking it was going to be an 08, 09 situation, maybe. Um, and that's because when when those house values soared from, you see some of those house values, like three to 500,000, go for almost double or more. And eventually that has to come back down. And then the interest rate goes up and it still stays at that high rate to try to buy a house. Most of those people, like what you said, might default on it, but you're saying they that's probably not going to happen this time around like because they're going to have the same rate not variable rates or well the people that bought you know last year when it because like in january the rate was still 3.75 you know and then all of a sudden boom things adjusted and now we're into the sixes okay so the people that are buying now but doesn't that have a lot to do with like the type of person and like credit that you have the type of interest rate that you get correct yes absolutely so those who are going to be buying that have you know they're still going to have an interest rate around six percent okay you're just talking about averages though. yes i'm talking averages yes um but the ones that are going to be able to buy that are winning out on the bids for houses that they're purchasing that you know if if an owner's getting two three four offers like they still are that's yeah. still the situation of what we're in in our market they're going to take the buyer that is either a paying cash okay or b putting it you know 20 percent, 25 percent going conventional who is a strong borrower and those people typically have the money to be able in the in, in the uh income on a monthly basis to be able to afford to continue to to pay that that mortgage okay even if they're at a five or six or seven percent interest rate if they're locked in for a 30-year term my advice to you if you're in an apartment and you're looking you could still buy because interest rates inevitably will go down to a comfortable level okay I'm thinking they'll probably go down to like the mid fours at some point, which is still fantastic, dude. It, back in the '90s, '80s and '90s, people were camping out of at, at banks, literally camping, like in a tent at banks for when they opened to get a 12.99 30-year fixed interest rate. Ooh, now home values were different. Yeah, home values were different back then. You know, so we're talking like 150 or 200 thousand for something that's probably three or four hundred thousand nice but, little middle class yeah but we're still i mean we're still talking you know four or five percent on your money that's that's still an historic low okay it's not as cr- you know crazy low as is 2.5 or three percent like it was for a couple years but they were waiting to set the market basically and increase interest rates and they waited and waited and waited and now finally they're doing that my thing is why did you just do it all of a sudden like it jumped and then it continued to jump. And then like, like I said, we're 3%, 3.5% in January. And all of a sudden we're at six, you're twice that. So you're set in the mindset in the market. Buyers are like, well, fuck this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're saying, yeah. but you can still refi because inevitably rates are going to go down. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So 20, 25% stick it out. Maybe if I buy right now. Because I was thinking stick it out until rates maybe even come back down, house values come back down. You gotta, you gotta think like like you said, supply and demand. It's gotta be the supply and demand for it to be a low price because nobody wants to buy. Right now, everybody wants to buy, and then eventually it's like a roller coaster. Correct. 
it's cyclical for sure it's very cyclical but we there's i'm thinking uh, values are going to come down a little bit on certain product but they're saying it's going to continue to go up like five or six percent next year on home values so they're like well you know lenders are like we'll pitch it kind of this way where you're like you know buy something now and then when interest rates go back down next year you can refi instead of waiting until next year when maybe that three hundred and twenty five thousand dollar house might be worth 340 or 345 you know what i'm saying so my situation that i got going on uh where i bought in october of 2020 um and things have gone up since then what would your advice be to me because i'm not gonna lie i've been looking at kind of the way that the housing market has been going and it's steadily going up and i've thought about just buying my or selling my house just to make that little bit of profit all right well think about it this way i tell people this and i'm honest and upfront. okay it's kind of a catch-22 you're going to have to buy another house at the higher price. Yes. And you're going to buy a house at a higher price that might be similar to what you just sold. You know, like if I sold this property today, can I make more money than what it was when I purchased it in 2019? Sure. But am I going to find anything like this for the price range of, of what I want? Probably not. Well, or, that, unless you were wanting to rent that's in what the I, meantime. That's what I was. stay out of the market. So if you're wanting to rent, you could cash out. See, like literally sit, sandbag it until you're ready to buy again and but timing it is hard yeah so. that that's exactly what I, I i was asking you and to be completely honest with you i don't think that i'll sell my house i'm happy where i'm at and yeah i wouldn't if i were you okay. I, i'd stay i'd stay put you know there's certain situations where people have to sell and we're trying to get more you know inventory on our market trying to get people you know to sell but you get i mean i'm not trying to be like hey you have to sell 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 please sell your house because we're low on inventory on you know blah blah you know, sell it if, if there's a, if you have a good opportunity, like if I've got somebody that I'm looking to, to sell their property and it's like a hundred grand more than what they owe on it. So they're going to make some money off of it. Right. But I told him, I said, the first question I asked them was, do you have a place to go or stay for a, you know, short or even a potential long period of time between the time that you sell this property to the time that you buy your next house? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, then yes, we can do something. Because I don't want you to have to feel like you have to buy something or find something if you're staying in an extended stay for you know, three months in a hotel because you're homeless, right? So in certain situations, yes. But if, if you're selling you know, for a reason that you're like, okay, I don't like this house. Maybe I want to move on to something else or whatever, fine. But make sure you have a place to go because your house is going to sell quick. You just might not find what you're uh what you're looking for right away so yeah it's a waiting game especially right now when you get four or five offers for because you got to go through the buying process if you're selling you got to be the buyer on the other side of it at the same time bro i like i people were explaining it to me the housing market before i got into it and i really did not understand until we went and started he would be like okay these are five houses that you want to look at. He's like, we're going to w- look at them today. And by the time I got off work that day at five o'clock, three of them are gone. Yep. Yeah. And Same they had gone on, they had gone on the market yesterday. Same thing with cars. Yeah. My dad went to go look at a car. He's like, yeah, you guys got five of these here. Can I look at them? He's like, all sold. That's the same thing. So it's crazy right now. Yeah. It's supply and demand. Yeah, exactly. The Literally demand, goes back to what we were just talking about. The, the whole demand, episode. the demand is high. Okay, and the supply is low. And the reasoning for that is because in 2010, I could have showed, I could have scheduled on a Tuesday to show five houses on Saturday. All five of those houses would have still been available 
and I would have showed them, okay? The reasoning for that is because we had a lot of foreclosures, a lot of short sales, a lot of other inventory that was on the market back then, okay, that we don't have now because people aren't going through that situation, okay, where they foreclosed. The people that had the 500 credit scores and the five-year adjustable rate mortgages that expired when their rate went from a 2.5 to a 5% or whatever it was, and they're like, oh, I can't afford this anymore, and they foreclosed on it. Well, those aren't on our market right now. Or at least they're not nearly as much. So our supply is not out there. It's supply and demand. That's what controls our market. So whatever happens with stocks and you know other inflation and products and this and that, it's not really, it's not really doing much to our market as of right now. Okay. So that's kind of what that's kind of the update on that. So the interest rate hike, you might have dropped out some buyers, but I'm not seeing the lack of inventory on listings because I'm like, okay, is this still available after being listed for four hours? And he's like, well, I've got two offers on the table. Yeah. Right? Yeah, beat those two offers. Right, exactly. <laughs> Offer 10 grand it, more. It, you and know, you interest it. rates are still up in the sixes. He's got two offers on the table. The seller's going to take one of those and, and that's it. You know, it's, yeah. it's still pretty similar. So we'll see in six months. Come back to me in six months. I'll answer that question for you. You know what I want to talk about interest rates, interest rates of? These fucking cows, dude. We lost 3,000 cows in goddamn Kansas. And it had to have been aliens. Had to have been. It had to have been aliens. Now, apparently, Wallet, fucking Mike over here, has some information about these, uh, where the ranchers who own these cows are. Are they aliens? No. So. No, they're not aliens. It's Bill Self, no. Um, love Bill, <laughs> Bill Self, Self, Kansas head coach. I wouldn't mind seeing him coach Kentucky after Cal retires. Um, no, from what I understand, the land was recently purchased, either that land directly or the land around it, by a gentleman by the name of Bill Gates, who owns the most land of any wow. individual or entity in the United States of America, in case you didn't know that. And that's two videos that I heard from two people that I trust on stuff that I watch on YouTube. On the most that. land from that purchase or just no, in general? in general. Wow. He owns the, the most land, the most raw land of any individual, more than any other individual in the United States of America. Do you know how much it is? Uh, it was like it, tens of thousands of, of acres. Like it was just some ridiculous number. Yeah, that is insane. He, uh, but think about that. What is he preparing for that maybe like most people probably don't know that little tidbit? Like what is it that he's doing? Like he's a Microsoft guy. He's not a fucking land developer. You know, he's not a farmer. What is it that's going on there behind the scenes? But apparently from what I understand, he either owns that land or the land just around it where those, where those cows died. Well, uh, all I have to say about that is uh, Bill Gates was the creator of an operating system that allows us to, you know, uh, interact with computers the way that we do. And he was the richest man in the United States for the better or a little bit over a decade, 15 years or something before Bezos took it over or something like that. Um, So the reason why he's probably buying up these lands is because, you know, uh, invest in property. That's what they always tell. That's what I've always heard uh, from you know these big wigs that have a whole lot of money and stuff like that. You know they say invest in property because people need housing. Yeah, not only fucking, that, but it's they farmland. want tax write-offs too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's farmland that he's purchasing. It's farm- but it's still property. Correct, but you don't typically put uh, big developments on 
farmland type property. Do you know what he's developing? Or I, is he just buying? He's that just to buying it. it, it and it's just, it's just yeah, it's just sitting there. He's been doing this for years, and there's nothing that's been developed on any of the land that he's purchased, from what I understand. Well, I mean, he has these cattle ranchers that are out there, and you know they're uh, raising livestock. And when you own that property, I mean, we're kind of seeing it a little bit with like the way renters are going with like their tenants and stuff like that. Like a lot of renters are just like jacking up prices over and over and over again, and they're 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 making a killer profit to really do nothing but own the fucking house. So that's why when I say things like, you know, buying property is going to be beneficial financially, when you own that property and you allow people to do that, you can keep jacking the price up on them. And maybe that's a reason why all these cows died because they weren't properly taking care of the fucking cows. Yeah, I, I don't know the ins and outs of that whole situation, but I just like I do know, like, it, think about it this way. If he's buying farmland, let's say, you know where Sardinia, Ohio is? Up no, north? I do not. Yeah, it, it's in the middle of freaking nowhere. It'd farmland, be like, basically. Yeah, it's farmland. It, it'd be like if he bought that space, who the fuck's going to move to Sardinia, Ohio, if he's going to develop some, you know, 150-unit apartment space or condos or something? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, no one's buying up those properties for reasons for development in my opinion. I don't know what all he's bought, but I'm just saying, like, there's. I feel like there's something more to it that we don't know and i think it's kind of ironic that those three thousand cows or whatever were either on that land or around what he has that's all i'm saying well i mean i don't think that he's trying to develop it by any any means i think that there's that land that has been doing the same thing for years and years and years he sees a benefit and a profit in buying that land and allowing them to do what they need to and then upcharging them for their stay there could could very well be yeah absolutely yeah. i just thought that was kind of an ironic uh little inkling that you know he had was one of, i don't know just one of the owners you kind of take that for what it is but you know for the, for what happened it is kind of shitty that three thousand cows died though yeah yeah i'm not gonna lie i brought that up because you were talking about it before and you're like i know who owns that land and i thought you were going to say something fucking crazy like uh someone that we knew but wasn't like the second richest man in the united states yeah. Man, it is what it is. The cows died. I don't know if they were being, like, mounted tourist or anything like that, but it it is sad, and I remember seeing the video of just, like, these three... 3,000 cows just lined up rows and rows and rows on their fucking back. And malnutrition, like, if they're not, like, malnutrition, whatever the word is, terminology is there, like, that's one thing, but 3,000 of them to die like that, there's no way that was all all connected to just that. Something fucking happened there. I mean, it was also during that huge heat wave that we had okay. where everything was really humid, so that's probably the reason why they did. I don't care what explanation you have for it, though. I'm always going to blame it on aliens. It was definitely aliens. So let's move into the last segment that we always do on Your House, Our Rules. Episode 41 uh, is what you've been sipping on. Any type of media, songs, any anything. Video, audio, media, social uh, things, experiments that you've been a part of. What, what have you been sipping on, man? What have I been sipping on? Lately, audiobooks, man. I get into, which I wasn't even a big reader in school, high school, none of that. I, I, did, I would do anything I can to stay away from books. I'm the same way, man. But I do not like reading. Audiobooks, man. It's like podcasts, and I listen to my fair share of podcasts, but audiobooks, are, they're just, it's so elegant, and they talk in your ear. They basically read the book to you. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, that's interesting, because when I was a kid, my mom used to do audiobooks all the time, and like she was ahead of the curve in that aspect, but... 
a lot of people who read a lot, they tell me like, you need to read. Like you're an intelligent guy, but you will find just a completely vast uh, uh, pool of knowledge to get from reading. And I just, I'm a slow reader. And I always have been, and that's re the reason why I don't like to read. But if you have someone reading it to me, I could definitely get behind that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I can absorb the information a lot better myself personally, and that's yeah. how I do. Yeah. The main audiobook I've been listening to right now is called Atomic Habits. James Clear, I think. Atomic Habits, what? Atomic Habits. Is that basically, basically just goes behind like the psychology of building habits and maintaining them. Like the, literally the psychology of when you do something and the subconsciousness of how your mind works when you come home from work, you have the subconscious of like hanging your keys on the thing. You don't even realize it's a habit. And then yeah. you like change your clothes and stuff and trying to break those bad habits and make new ones, make room for new ones. Yeah. A lot of people call that a routine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. it, 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 people do that. But I actually, I, I love that because I, I do a lot of the, so like a lot of the stuff I've gotten into my little, tidbit here would be like those types of motivational pieces the videos on youtube you know the david goggins the tom blau if that's how you pronounce his last name but like jordan peterson people like that even joe rogan dude joe rogan's got some sweet motivational shit but like it keeps your mindset in a in a path where you're always trying to challenge yourself to do that one thing you know one thing more one than thing what more. you did yesterday you know what i mean and even as much as waking up and making your bed in the morning you know, and that's what I've been doing for the last like, three, four months. And it's just, it's a change in mindset because now you've accomplished something the very minute that you wake up to turn around and make your bed, you're setting a mindset and a precedence for success for the rest of the day, in my opinion. Yeah. And like that, that's one thing that I've experienced a lot. Like I, I have some issues with like depression and stuff like that. And like some other people that have talked to me about their situations with the same thing, I always tell them, I'm like, yo, clean your house. Because like I do, I'm a fairly dirty person, but when I find that I have a clean house, I have a clean mentality. And when you're able to motivate yourself and do that extra little thing, and there's like, there's something to be said about just like getting something started. There's so many days that, you know, I go home and I get off work and I just sit on the couch and I'm like, man, I'm just going to watch YouTube for the rest of the night. If I get up and do one thing for 10 minutes, I know that I'm going to be sailing for the rest of the night. Sailing. That kind of goes back to what you just said. It's about, it's about training your mind to not being complacent and falling back into the same routine of what you've been doing. So the, you know, the book, The Atomic Habits is trying you're trying to read something that's you know allowing you to train yourself to get into better habits that are going to be healthier for you in whatever aspect that you're trying to grow within yourself because you're trying to get yourself out of those and it's just basically saying do this do this do this instead of doing this and this and this like sitting on the couch and watching the office like i do <laughs> like that's, i know that's not accomplishing show, yeah, it's such a go-to oh, it's a comfort zone i love it oh. Great but, show. I, but I could go outside and, you know, d do stuff at my house or, you know, put a table together in my basement or, you know, do stuff like that. Like I could make myself do things. But instead, I'm always like, OK, let's sit down and relax. And then relax goes into four hours down a well hole of either the office or YouTube videos or whatever. Then it's bedtime and I've done nothing to accomplish during yeah. that time. 
Yeah, and, and that's one thing that I kind of see a value in with like uh, the audiobooks that you're talking about. I mean, you can go and watch YouTube videos, but a lot of that stuff is just geared towards entertainment. Mm -hmm. And like when you're actually sitting down and writing something out like a full fledged novel, uh, that just has like a whole like intricate mindset that you are putting pen to paper and when you're able to like hear it and you know you talked about you're able to retain shit from uh listening to it rather than reading it i'm the same way so when you're able to do that you have this entire like pool a bigger pool of things to to, to pick from and and it's just it's a great thing i've been thinking about getting into uh um audiobooks do you use audible uh, actually, I use books on my iPhone, just the Apple books. Oh, the Apple books, like the yep. self. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just buy whatever books that I want to listen to, and then I listen to them, and then I move on to the next one. Hell yeah. Try to get some Grant Cardone audio books in the mix. That's Hell my yeah. that's my next person. Little real estate entrepreneur, man. Yeah. Grant Cardone's a a beast, man. He is a he, beast. He's a baller. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Do you do you like journal and like write down stuff like? just to kind of you know put yourself in a mental state to like journal and kind of you know date what it is that you're doing and how you're feeling and all that stuff not the traditional pen to paper but i have a lot of notes on my phone that are very dated and organized in a way that i can put my thoughts out there and and that helps basically write it all down absolutely Yeah. So you do journal like that? Well, it, it, it's so like even for my podcast, like I'll literally type out books of notes to put in for my notes and then I'll condense it down for the podcast. But that's just an example. Anything else like, um, of course, grocery, grocery lists or whatever, but literally journalism. Sometimes I'll literally type out what I'm thinking and clear my mind like you said trying to clean your house to clear your mind it's yeah. like once you got oh i gotta clean the bathroom i gotta and there's all this stuff that is clouding and fogging your brain right it's tough to even stay on track with anything so a lot of people talk about like overthinking and like they look at overthinking in an in a negative way I've always looked at overthinking in a positive way because I overthink. Like, I'll fucking think about a conversation that hasn't even happened yet for multiple hours and just sit there and dwell on this fucking conversation. But when it comes down to it, if you're thinking the things out and you're able to to see what may or may not happen and see all the different pathways that could happen in this, uh, this conversation or whatever you're doing in your life, it prepares you for that. Yeah. And I, I just think that, like, people really should, you know, you talk about writing stuff down. If that's the way that uh, that helps you out, go for it. But I, I just like to, I'm not someone who likes to write things down or video record them or anything like that. I probably should a little bit more. But I like to free think and I retain a lot of my thoughts a lot easier than most people do. So That's impressive. Yeah. I, I actually have to type my stuff out or literally write it down. But the most thing that I do, literally just type it in my phone because yeah. it's with me all the time. But, yeah, that's impressive. No, I, I, I journal. I can't do that either. Yeah. And I overthink like crazy. So you're like, oh, you know, try and, you know, think. That's training your brain. Like, it's yeah. literally what I'm talking about earlier. Like, that's very impressive. Cause it is. I can't do that. Like, I, I overthink either. and then I, uh, you know, it clouds me and then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you well, know. And well, it's well, interesting that you say, sorry to cut you off. Interesting that you 
say that overthinking in a positive way because I never thought about it like that. Overthinking in a negative way all day. Like, yeah. I got some and of my friends get, that literally do nothing, but they, do not, they go home from work, they open up TikTok, and their whole TikTok algorithm is depressing stuff because that's all they watch and that's all TikTok feeds them. And, don't, and then that's their cycle. But that dictates everything that they are, are doing. Yeah. Like that dictates their, dictates their life. Yeah, but, it does. But, but listen... I do think about those negative things, but the thing about overthinking is, if you're overthinking something and you have a negative thought that you are over or that you're thinking about, when you overthink it, you start picking it apart, and it becomes less of a negative thing, and you can morph it into more of a positive thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and when it comes down to like you know writing down or whatever, you guys say that's impressive. The reason why I do that is because I've trained myself because, like I said before, I'm a slow reader. I don't retain. Uh, pen on paper as well as I do just like the thoughts that I have so when I'm looking at something I'm reading I'm reading it I'll, I'll be like I didn't understand a single word of what I just read and then I'll have to go back and read it again and again yeah, and again and it's just like if I just actually sit here and think about it it'll it'll retain a lot better than that yeah well especially when i was in school like the oh yeah turn to chapter two and read this and it's like silent reading to yourself i'm literally just like read the first sentence and then i'll space out for 30 seconds read the first sentence again it's like i'm mindlessly reading you get each word yep. that means nothing to you it's so it's just an attention deficit yeah. really it is can't do it and i'm the, i'm the same way dude i can't retain like if i'm reading something i'm thinking about eight hundred thousand different things while i'm reading what it is i'm reading yeah, yeah so i retain I well i'm just thinking about too much other stuff. i yeah so i can't retain anything because i'm thinking about the other eight hundred thousand things and i'm like wait a second what did i just read yeah. <laughs> so i gotta reread it and reread it and reread it and then i start to focus in on it but the audiobooks man i love that because that's probably a better route to take to to do that because you can be doing different things you know little small things while you're listening to that and still be able to grasp what it is that you know you're listening to yeah, yeah. of course because yeah. if i'm just doing one thing like just watching netflix it's it's hard for me to like pay attention to it but if it's on in the background i can kind of get the gist of it and piece it together myself because if i'm just watching that show or movie i get tired immediately and want to fall asleep yeah it's, it's just it's weird like sometimes even when i'm in the theater if i want to see a movie and that's all i'm doing obviously i'm not gonna have my phone out at the theater I, I sometimes just get tired and want to fall asleep immediately because my brain is not doing stuff. Sometimes it's, it's, it's weird. Sometimes it's easier to pay attention when you're not trying to pay attention. Cause yeah. Like when you're really paying attention, you're picking apart every single thing that is going on. In this yeah. Movie. Yeah. But what have you been sipping on, Wallet? I mean, I've actually listened to a lot of motivational stuff, Jordan Peterson, David Goggins, things like that. What I've actually been sipping on recently is a ton of metal music, man. Really? Yeah, dude, that Slipknot concert it like revitalized Fuck my. Off. <laughs> <laughs> That's twice though. Did you did you like how I like put that in there? Like, yeah. what am I sipping on the Slipknot concert you didn't fucking go to? <laughs> That's gold. A bum leg over here. He's like, as I get older, I realize I can't do a whole lot of things, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm three rows back at a Slipknot concert. You know, being drug into a pit. It's fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, um, no, I'm listening. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of like more metal music. Like, but see, like I'm opening up YouTube Music, okay, which is what I have because I have an Android. I know you guys have iPhones, but like it, I'm opening up and you can like discover different like music and stuff like that. 
I freaking love that because now I'm going down like a chain of new artists and people that I don't know. So I'm getting into more like, like, holy shit, I'm putting a playlist together of artists and songs that I didn't have never even heard of all of a sudden. I love that. Yeah. So that's one thing that I will say. Uh, I mean, obviously people know that I DJ. The best way to get new music is to go to related songs to songs that you actually like mm-hmm. and build a playlist. When you start throwing stuff into a playlist and then you go back and listen to it back, because there's a lot of songs that you know, you'll listen to it and it'll be like the second, third time you listen to it and you're like, this is actually trash. Yeah. So you know what? Just throw that out of the playlist. And like you have this collection of songs that you will download or that you will listen to, but when you start creating a playlist, you start narrowing it down to the things that really bang, mm-hmm. that really bang. Well, and the thing is with the, most people's attention like spans, They'll listen to 30 seconds, probably less than that of a song, and be like, nah, this isn't going to work for me. I hate those people. Uh, Yeah, I can't do it. Like, like if I'm interested in an artist, I have to go through, if they release an album, I listen to it front to back like it was supposed to be listened to, and I may not do it all in one sitting, but I have to do that. Have to do that. By the way, shout out to you, Spills, because I, I did listen to that new song you have with Smiles. Ooh, I, several I times actually I and, it's, and it's pretty good so I, I haven't yet kind of what we were just talking about front to back listen to the whole song start to finish and then I'll critique it if I like it or not or if I want to re-listen to it right I actually listened to that a few times to, yeah. on my way to work this and, morning and thank you I appreciate it it's been, do- it's been doing pretty well I mean I understand it for what it is. It's my first song, and you know, uh, Smiles did a lot of the the leg work when it came to actually like putting it together, and I was more of the one who created the sounds that we infused into it. But I mean, for the first song that we ever released, I or that I ever released, I thought that it was a hell of a project. I thought it was too. Yeah, great. Dude, you're putting you're putting a lot of time and like I re- fucking respect the time and effort you're putting into what it is that you do and and the music that you're producing and the in the in the shit that you're putting together is dope, like it's really good, I, I like it's very good and I respect you for continuing to do what it is that you do because it's genuine to your fucking style and your vibe. So good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank both of you for yeah. For, I echo that. The, by the way. The, the, thanks, man. I, I I appreciate that. I work I work hard on everything that I do, and uh, you know what? I think that it's slowly paying off. The the views might not be there, the connection might not necessarily be there, but at the end of the day, it's something that I love to do and that I'm going to con- continue to do, whether or not anyone really listens to it or, or tunes into it. And I think that if I do that long enough, eventually that crowd will come, and as it grows, it will exponentially grow bigger and yep. bigger and bigger. For sure. So that's how shit runs. Seriously, like that's how people become successful. They continue to do it. They become consistent with it. They stay consistent with it, and it just people start. Following. Just like you said in the very beginning, you don't pay attention to anything else but what it is that you're doing and the shit and the success will come. Yep. Bring it, bringing it back around. Full circle. Full circle. This full circle has ended. Episode 41 of Your House, Our Rules. Peace.